At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Scott Seidenberg here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Five days left in the Major League Baseball season, and things are getting exciting. If you listen to the show last night or you follow along on Twitter, I gave you five picks that I liked on the run line in Major League Baseball here on Tuesday. And we went 4-1 and one in those picks. The parlay, the sprinkle did not hit because the Boston Red Sox, with Chris Sale on the mound, lost to the Baltimore Orioles. Unfathomable. But every other team on the run line that we selected did win their games. The Yankees, as a plus one and a half run line underdog, one outright against the Blue Jays, seven to two. The Phillies, as a plus one and a half run line underdog, lost by one run to the Braves. The Giants, as a minus one and a half run line favorite, beat the Diamondbacks six to four. And uh, then we had the Cardinals, as a plus one and a half run line underdog, they beat the Brewers outright six to two. The Cardinals have won. 17 straight games and have clinched the second wild card in the National League. Congratulations to the St. Louis Cardinals uh, who have won 17 straight games and clinched a wild card spot. The Giants and Dodgers both picking up victories and so they both are status quo in the standings. Dodgers beating the Padres 2-1, Giants 6-4 over the Diamondbacks. So the Giants still have a two-game lead over the Dodgers. The magic number to clinch the division is four. Then there's the American League wildcard, which gets just so interesting. With the Red Sox losing to the Baltimore Orioles and the Mariners winning once again, over the Oakland A's. Mariners are now 14-4 and against the A's this season. It's unbelievable. Uh, and the Yankees beating the Blue Jays. The Yankees are now two games up on the Red Sox for the first wild card. The Mariners are now just a half back of Boston for the second wild card. You have Toronto at one game back, Oakland fading at three and a half. Let's talk about the Mariners for a second. This should be the biggest story in sports. The Mariners are a half game out of the second wild card. First of all, they have a negative 50 run differential. The Blue Jays, by comparison, who are a half game behind the Mariners, have a plus 167, 167 run differential. Mariners are negative 50. Yet the Mariners are on the cusp of snapping the longest postseason drought in North American sports. They have not made the playoffs since 2001. 
the 20-year drought, longest drought in North American sports as far as not making it to the postseason. They are just a half game out. It's an incredible story. But let's see how things could play out here on Wednesday. The Boston Red Sox will continue their series with the Baltimore Orioles. Nathan Yavaldi on the hill against Zach Lothar. The Red Sox are a minus 255 favorite. I, I, I said this yesterday, and it happened. I'll say it again tonight. I'd be just shocked, beyond shocked, if the Red Sox lost this game. And I, it happened on, on Tuesday. But are they really going to lose back-to-back games to the Baltimore Orioles when the postseason is on the line? They had three hits in this game. They had Chris Sale on the hill, and they lost to the Orioles with the playoffs at their fingertips. I, I cannot imagine that happening again. I, I, just, I just can't. Yankees, meanwhile, are on an absolute tear. They've won seven straight games. Giancarlo Stanton is a man possessed right now. And the Yankees will send Garrett Cole to the hill against Jose Barrios. Yankees are a slight minus 120 favorite on the road in Toronto. Yankees are getting closer and closer to solidifying a wild card spot. They are two games up on Boston for that first wild card. And this will be Garrett Cole's final start, likely, of the season because the way that the schedule works out for the Yankees, let's see, Garrett Cole would pitch on the 29th, okay, then one, two, three. I guess they could, yeah, you would want to save him for the uh, wild card game. So this is going to be, I guess, Garrett Cole's final start of the regular season unless the Yankees maybe desperately need him uh, in the last game of the season against the Rays uh, to make the wild card. But right now they're in a great spot, having won seven straight, minus 120 favorites over the Blue Jays in Toronto. The Phillies will send Aaron Nola to the hill against Max Freed, and the Braves are minus 140 favorites over Atlanta. The Braves, with their win over the the Phillies on Tuesday, have opened up a a three-and-a-half game lead over Philly in the National League East. Uh, If the Phillies win, they keep things alive. Another loss, though, would be very hard to to come back from because then, at best, going into the final games of the season, uh, they would be three games down. So let's just say uh, the Phillies, the Braves win, and then the Phillies win, so they would be three and a half games out. The Braves have three games against the Mets to end the season, and the Phillies will have four games against, oh no, they have three games against the Marlins. So uh, there should be a makeup day in there as well. Uh, why it's three and a half is uh, beyond me. They should have uh, a, another game in there because it should be an even number of games. Uh, maybe there is another game on their schedule that I am not seeing uh, right now. But that's where they are, three and a half games out. So the Phillies are a slight underdog to the Braves. On Tuesday, and then the Giants and the, the uh, Dodgers. This is the battle. Dodgers are off. The uh, or Dodgers, um, they just took care of the Padres, and now they will face uh, the Padres 
on Wednesday, but no pitchers have been announced for this game. I think probables have Max Scherzer against Ryan Weathers as the listed um, game, and there is no uh, odds on that game as of yet. I'm seeing Dodgers minus 290 at some places, but we'll see if uh, this game gets reposted uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook. But I see 290 for the Dodgers, minus 290 again, and that was with the probable pitchers that were listed currently, which could change Max Scherzer and Ryan Weathers. Uh, And then the Giants, Giants, I said their magic number is four. It'll be Alex Wood against Merrill Kelly, the Giants minus 280 favorites at home. Merrill Kelly and the Diamondbacks plus 225. And then there's the Mariners and the A's. The Mariners just a half game back of that wild card in the American League. Mariners, Logan Gilbert against Frankie Montas. Mariners, even money plus 100. A's are a slight minus 120 favorite over Oakland. Uh, excuse me, over the uh, the Mariners. And this has just been such an incredible story for the Mariners this season. Um, it's It's been unbelievable. I mentioned the fact that they have a negative 50 run differential. And yet they find themselves a half game out of the wild card with an opportunity over the next couple of days to snap the longest postseason drought in North American sports history is just an unbelievable story. And against the Oakland A's, they are 14 and 4. 14 and 4 against the Oakland A's. And that's the reason here why they're having an opportunity. So they'll finish up their series with the A's on Wednesday. And then on Friday, the uh, uh, the Mariners will take on, let's see, they'll take on the Angels for three games starting on Friday. Uh, no pitchers announced. Looks like it could be Jose Suarez and uh, Berea, and that's about it. I don't know who else would pitch for the Angels in that series, but the Mariners have it all laid out in front of them. They just need a little bit of help, and where's that help going to come from? They tweeted out something funny. It was a clip from the the office, and they tweeted out at the um, Baltimore Orioles about forming an alliance, and the Orioles helped them out with the win over the Red Sox on Tuesday, can the Orioles help them out again against the ball against the Boston Red Sox on Wednesday? And can the Yankees help them out with wins against the Blue Jays? Because if the Blue Jays win against the Yankees, then you know things get le- uh, a little more interesting. Because then the Mariners, that's another team that they're chasing, you know, and and they would jump them and. It gets all convoluted there. So you really just want to, the best opportunity for the Mariners right now, the way that the standings are, is if the Red Sox can just lose one more game, whether it's to the Baltimore Orioles or the Nationals, the final three games of the season, then the Mariners, if they win out, certainly would uh, be in the playoffs, which would just be unbelievable and the best story in sports the Mariners making the postseason. That would just be wild. 
we'll give you some plays for Tuesday, for Wednesday in Major League Baseball. We'll put together maybe a little uh, parlay, if we will, or just pick our favorite play coming up uh, in a little bit. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead. We'll continue to look ahead to the week four lines in the NFL and college football as well. Coming up next year on VSIN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Tannenberg back here. The look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There's so much to get into in sports. I mean, Major League Baseball, the playoffs coming down, uh, coming right around the corner, is uh, the biggest story right now for me uh, on this Tuesday into Wednesday. Certainly, obviously, we're paying attention to. Some updated news in the NFL when it comes to injuries. And uh, let's update you on what's going on with some of these player news. You know, KJ Hamler for the Broncos, he has been placed on injured reserve with a knee injury. So he is out in definitely. Uh, so that's a big blow to the, the, the Broncos who have already uh, been dealing with injuries to their wide receiver core. We know Jerry Judy has been out for a little while as well. Uh, the Giants have uh, already um, been dealing with offensive line issues, and now they get even more issues. Their left guard, Ben Bredesen, has suffered a hand injury. The Giants uh, rotating things on their uh, offensive line is just not good because they have continued to uh, just play very, very poorly to start this season. It's just, it just hasn't been good. For them, and uh, it doesn't look good, and it's why I look at them coming up here against the New Orleans Saints as the perfect teaser candidate. I just think that the Saints at home against the Giants are in a great spot to win this football game. They're returning home for the first time all season. And when you consider the emotions that they're going to be uh, playing with the Saints in front of their home crowd. How can I expect the Giants, or anybody for that matter, to go into that building and win that football game? New Orleans, they've scored 24.3 points per game. The Giants allow 24.7 points per game. <laughs> they have two wins against the spread, the Saints. Um, the Saints have uh, only turned the ball over two times to start this season, and the Giants allow 374.3 yards per game. The numbers just all point, obviously the numbers are going to point, this. The, the Giants are a bad football team, so the numbers are all going to point to the Saints. We know that. But to me, this is more about numbers. Uh, it's, it's about just how bad the Giants are and about the spot that the Saints are in playing at home in front of their crowd for the first time in over a year and returning home after being displaced all season. So I, I think this is just a bad spot for the Giants. It would be a bad spot for anybody. And the Saints, uh, I don't see them losing this football game. That's why they are a teaser pick of mine pushing them down below the key number of three and getting them at minus two. And the other teaser piece, and, and there are a lot of them on this schedule. 
there are a lot of teams that you can push down from a seven-point favorite, get them down to a one, or or from an eight-point favorite, get them down to two, like the Titans. Titans are an eight-point favorite over the Jets. Tease them down to two, because I don't think the Titans lose to this Jets team. This Jets team is awful. To start the season, this is the worst offense in the NFL, and that's saying a lot, because the Chicago Bears looked really bad last week with Justin Fields, and, and, and that offense that game was one of the worst games offensively that you'll see from any NFL team, averaging just about a yard per play. But the Jets have only scored 20 points total in three games this season. The Titans are averaging 23.7 points per game. The Jets just 6.7 points per game. Jets are allowing 23.3 points per game. The Jets are allowing 345 yards per game on offense, while the Titans are averaging 413 yards per game on offense. I just don't see how the Jets compete in this game against the Titans. I I don't. I don't see it. Uh, I think that there are very good, in fact, four, probably the four, or I'd say five. There are five favorites that you could tease down that I think will be very popular teaser picks and I think will be very popular money line parlay picks. Because I, I, I don't see these teams losing their games. Now, it's the NFL, and anything can happen. We know that, right? But in terms of these touchdown favorites that are great teaser candidates and great money line parlay candidates, you have the Bengals at minus 7.5 over the Jaguars. You have the Saints minus eight over the Giants and the Titans minus eight over the Jets. You have the Packers at minus six and a half over the Steelers. And the Steelers, what more can you say about them? They've been just putrid on offense to start the season. The Steelers can't seem to get out of their own way, right? The offensive line is not giving Ben any time to throw the football. Uh, They're not challenging teams down the field. Uh, They are averaging 300 yards, a little over 300 yards of offense per game, but uh, they're only scoring 16.7 points per game, and they're not running the ball at all, less than 100 yards per game, 88 yards per game they're averaging on the ground. Uh, The Packers, meanwhile, at Lambeau, certainly give them a boost against this Steelers team. Uh, I, I don't see the Packers losing at home to the Steelers. And then there's the Bucks coming off a loss to the Rams, going on the road to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. I I just don't think Tom Brady loses this game in Foxborough. I think uh, the crowd is going to be on his side. They'll be cheering for him all game long. And uh, I just would be shocked if this Bucs team, as talented as they are, loses two games in a row. And I think this game means a little bit more for Tom Brady. And I think his teammates understand that, and they'll feed off of that. Uh, And uh, you will see an inspired effort for that team rallying around their quarterback in Tom Brady and playing hard for him, and they will get a victory in Foxborough. So I look at those money lines, and let's see what it pays out. If you have Bucks, Packers, uh, Titans, Saints, and the Bengals. Five-team money line parlay plus 279. So not ideal. It is low, but those are heavy favorites, touchdown favorites. Now, as far as a teaser is concerned, you know, that's the way I think I would go. If you can tease them, 
pair them up, put them in twos, maybe do a four-leg teaser if your book allows it, or a five-leg teaser if your book allows it. Uh, Those are the favorites that I would tease down. As far as the underdogs that I would tease up, uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens at plus one, I think are a great underdog play this week. Ravens coming off a near loss to the Lions will show up here against the Broncos. And Denver, as good as they've been to start the season, let's just be fair here. They've played three really bad football teams to start the season in the Jets, Giants, and Jaguars. So now going up against uh, a a much better team in the Baltimore Ravens, i like to see how they respond. So I like the Ravens in this spot. They're a one-point underdog. You get a six-point tease. You push them up to seven. Uh, if you can get a six-and-a-half-point tease on your book, get them at seven-and-a-half, you'll feel a lot better about yourself there. And then the other underdog I like is the Minnesota Vikings. At plus two-and-a-half, you can get them to eight-and-a-half uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Vikings are playing really good football to start this season. Kirk Cousins is playing elite football to start the season. And I think the Vikings are live home dogs against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, look at these numbers for Kirk Cousins to start this year through three weeks. He has completed 74% of his passes for eight touchdowns and no interceptions. He's averaging 318 passing yards per game. Collectively as a team, the uh, Browns, this is, this is a game. You can see why this total is the highest total of the week, and uh, people have been betting this one. Oh, actually, it's not the highest total. It's at 52. Is there a higher one on the board? No, it is the highest one. It's at 52 right now, and you have the Browns, who average 28.7 points per game, the Vikings, who average 29 points per game, The Browns average 434.7 yards per game, while the Vikings average 437.7 yards per game. The Vikings are allowing more on defense. The Browns' defense has been better, but it's also because of the Browns' opponents. The Browns played against the Texans and against the Bears. Against the Chiefs, I think uh, a little more of what you can expect to see. The Chiefs scoring 33 points against them. Meanwhile, this Vikings team could realistically be 3-0 and uh, rather than 1-2 and to start the year. So I, I do like this Vikings team as a dog. I like him even better pushed up at over that touchdown mark with uh, the teaser. Uh, let's get back into college football and look at the underdogs coming up for college football in this week as there are several undefeated teams and several top 25 teams that find themselves as big underdogs going into this weekend's college football slate. What's coming up next here on VSIN. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. The look ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. And 
I wanted to look ahead at the undefeated underdogs coming up here this weekend in college football because there are plenty of them. There are some great games coming up this week in college football, especially in the top 25 because you have a lot of undefeated teams that will be underdogs coming up this weekend. Uh, it starts, look at this on Friday, Friday night, number five, Iowa on the road at Maryland, Maryland undefeated at four and a three and a half point home dog to Iowa. And this is going to be a tough test for Iowa. Maryland's offense is on fire right now. Talia Tung, uh, Talia Tung of little brother averaging, uh, well, averaging over 300 yards passing per game. He's thrown 10 touchdowns, just one interception, and he's completing 76% of his passes. This offense under Mike Loxley has done a tremendous job of scoring with pace this season. And defensively, they've been very good, especially when it comes to the red zone defense, limiting their opponents' touchdowns. I, Iowa has struggled so far uh, in the red zone. I mean, 5 of 11, so it's it's less than 50%, but only slightly in terms of their red zone offense. But Iowa's not known for uh, a, a, a high-scoring offense, a fast-paced offense. Iowa wants to bully you with their you know big defensive, big uh, linemen, offensively and defensively. I think this is going to be a situation where Maryland's going to try and spread them out, and Maryland's going to want to go fast, uh, with their wide receivers and try and uh, exploit maybe a a an athletic mismatch between uh, this th- these these two teams. Although there's not going to be much, and this Iowa secondary is very good. They have five interceptions this season. The team has six. Five of them have come from the secondary. So this is going to be a fascinating game. I don't know if I have a play on it just yet. Uh, obviously, at first glance, I lean Maryland. I think they have a really good shot to pull the upset. Plus, it's the situational spot. And we talk about these situational spots all the time, right? Nationally televised game, prime time, Friday night at home as an underdog against a top 10 team. This is a this this game has rushed the field written all over it, right? Maryland upsets number five, Iowa at home. The fans storm the field. It's just a great image on television, and it'll be a great Friday night there in College Park. Or Iowa flexes their muscles, shows the type of team that they are capable of being, and brushes aside their most difficult test to to date. And each week is going to be a test for this Iowa team. I mean, this Big Ten schedule is not easy. Iowa, after Maryland, is going to have to then go to Wisconsin to play. Then they go to Northwestern. Oh, excuse me. After the uh, Maryland game, they they play Penn State. So, also, you have a look-ahead spot. This is the situation. You have going on the road against a very talented 4-0 team in Maryland, high-scoring offense, all that good stuff. But then you're looking ahead to next week's game at home, Number five against number four. This game is so important for Iowa for their national title hopes. If they win this game, it sets up the matchup with Penn State next uh, next week. And then a win there, and you pretty much have the inside track to go to the college wall playoff. You got to win the Big Ten. But if you're able to do so, there's no one else standing in your way, right? 
So you have Maryland, then Penn State. That's the big game. Then it's Purdue. Going, then you have to go to Wisconsin, another tough game. Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. And then it's the Big Ten title game. And the Big Ten title game against probably Ohio State. Maybe Penn State. I, I don't know, but you'll, you'll have a win over Penn State. So you could knock them down. You could even lose that game to Penn State and then win out and still go to the Big Ten title game because you're on different sides of the conference. But if you lose to Maryland, now your season gets away from you because now everything is an uphill battle. You have to run the table then. You can't afford to lose to Penn State. So it's, uh, it's crazy, but there's a lot riding on this game for Iowa. And for Maryland, it's just um, it would just be a great win for that program. Maryland doesn't have conference title aspirations. Maryland doesn't have national title aspirations. Maryland is trying to put together a really nice season here, and they have so far with a four and zero start. Uh, you know, nice win over West Virginia to start the season, and then a win at Illinois, also impressive. So, can they keep it rolling here? against a very, very good Iowa team. It's amazing that this spread is as low as it is, and I think it's because people are jumping in on Maryland with the situational factors coming into play, not so much uh, the team matchup between the two of them. But that's on Friday night. That is a great game on Friday night in college football in the top 25. And then on Saturday, the action gets started bright and early with uh, a noon kickoff between Georgia and Arkansas. And you have Arkansas undefeated 4-0 this year coming off a huge win against Texas A&M. They are 18.5-point underdogs. And they're staring at next week's game against Ole Miss. Ole Miss uh, obviously having to play Alabama. I don't think that there are real look-ahead spots in the SEC because every week is a gauntlet, right? Every week is a look-ahead week. There's always going to be that opponent. Um, but this is a game in which I just think Arkansas is overmatched. Can they cover the spread? Maybe. Probably. It's really high. Too high, probably. But Georgia defensively has been better than anybody. Georgia at, at collectively has probably looked maybe a little bit better than Alabama, if you can say that. And the only reason why I say that is because of their defense. Georgia is only allowing 180 yards a game. They are only allowing 5.8 points per game while scoring 42 points per game. Now, Alabama, uh, they defensively are allowing 17.5 points per game and 288 yards per game. So that's why I give the edge to to Georgia over Alabama. Now, Alabama's ranked number one. Georgia's ranked number two. But I do give Georgia the edge. I think they look, they've looked better this season. So I don't see them losing this game to Arkansas. Covering is a different story, but they're not going to lose this game. And then there's undefeated Michigan, a noon kickoff as well, going on the road as a slight underdog to 1-2 and two 
Wisconsin. Wisconsin coming off the loss uh, to Notre Dame. This just, to me, reeks of uh, a bad spot for Michigan because Wisconsin has owned them the past couple of years. And Wisconsin has owned them in that stadium. Michigan has not won at Camp Randall since 2001. And the last two games, the last two times that these two teams played, it was blowouts and could have been worse. Uh, Michigan has been outscored in these matchups by a total of 84-25. This is just the last two years. They've been out yarded 955 to 518. So they've almost been outgained two to one in these two games against Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is the first team to win four straight games at home against Michigan by 10 points or more. So this is just, to me, uh, a bad situational spot for Michigan. This would be a good win for them, like a really good win for them. I'd be impressed if Michigan wins this football game, uh, even though the spread is not there, right? The spread is only a one-point spread. I would still be impressed because it's a spot that Michigan typically does not have success in, right? Going on the road to Wisconsin to to play against this opponent, uh, I would still be very impressed if they win this football game. They can, they're capable of it, but I lean towards Wisconsin in this matchup. Uh, There are more undefeated dogs that will be uh, in action this weekend. You have Notre Dame as an undefeated home dog against Cincinnati. Ole Miss as an undefeated dog. Massive spread uh, at Alabama. And these are just top 25 games I'm talking about. And then there's Kentucky, undefeated dog at home against Florida. Uh, And then you also have Baylor, undefeated dog on the road at Oklahoma State. We'll get into those matchups coming up next as we dive deeper into this college football slate right here on The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking ahead to some undefeated dogs. This coming weekend in college football, especially in the top 25. Uh, We went over some of them last segment. We'll continue to break them down here as we move forward. Notre Dame will be a home underdog to Cincinnati. The Irish coming off a big win uh, against Wisconsin last week. And this is a spot where it could be uh, a potential buy low on Notre Dame because maybe people are feeling down on them. And I know that sounds crazy because of the, the win last week. But if you look inside the numbers a little bit, obviously that score, 41-13, was not indicative of how the game was actually playing out. Notre Dame got two interception touchdowns late in the game. This was a 27-13 game with, uh, with Wisconsin having the football with an opportunity. I guess there was three minutes left in the game. So, you know, Wisconsin scores there. It's 27-20, and you never know what happens in the final possession. But it was a pick six that made it 34-13, and then another pick six that made it 41-13. So uh, Notre Dame only got 60 yards of offense in that fourth quarter. 
and held on for the victory. So the score a little bit deceiving, but now you have a Cincinnati team coming in off of a week off. They disposed of Indiana, and even in that game, the score not as indicative of how close the game was. Um, Michael Penix played poorly at quarterback, uh, turning the football over, and he threw three interceptions in this game, and it was a similar spot where Cincinnati um, came from behind, actually, to win this game and, uh, and, and cover the spread there against Indiana. So now you have Cincinnati after a week off. Maybe they, that, and that's the advantage that they had. A week of rest here, now coming into Notre Dame Stadium to take on the Irish. Luke Fickle, one of the more talented coaches in the country, certainly going to put together a solid game plan. Desmond Ritter is a Heisman candidate quarterback, and he's going to be the best quarterback that this Notre Dame defense has played this season. But the Irish defense has played really well. And uh, I like Notre Dame as a home underdog here. Uh, when I first thought this, when I first saw this game on the schedule, I mean, I, I looked at this Notre Dame team and I'm like, okay, well, uh, I haven't liked what I've seen so far to start the season. And I think Cincinnati goes in there and beats them as an underdog. I didn't know that this line was going to open up as Notre Dame being a dog. I thought Notre Dame was going to open up as being a favorite. And then I was going to take Cincinnati as a dog. But obviously people are, are, are jumping on Cincinnati and, Possibly because they, it could be a really good story, right? Cincinnati has an opportunity this season. They're ranked number seven, but they have an opportunity to really crash this Power 5 party. First of all, they're going to be a Power 5 team in the next couple of years. They're joining the Big 12. So uh, they have an opportunity now to you know be treated like a Power 5 team and get into the college football playoff conversation. Their schedule, although not as good as... Uh, other you know Power Five teams, they do have a win at Indiana and a win at Notre Dame will go a long way to getting them in because the rest of their schedule is uh, they're going to cruise through. You know, um, they're home against Temple, uh, home against UCF, at Navy, at Tulane, home uh, against Tulsa, and then at South Florida, home against SMU, and at East Carolina. They win this game against Notre Dame. They will go undefeated. And then you're going to have to make a decision if you're the college football playoff committee. Do you put in an undefeated Cincinnati team over somebody else? And obviously a lot has to play out. But right now, Cincinnati at number seven. And and we saw it happen last year. They kept winning and they kept dropping down in the rankings. But look at the teams ahead of them. Iowa and Penn State, someone's going to lose. They play each other. So obviously someone's going to lose. Uh, and then there's Georgia, Alabama. You know, they'll play each other in the SEC title game. If they're both undefeated, I think they both get in anyway because they're the two best teams in the country. Uh, will Oregon stay undefeated? Oregon's got a tough game. Uh, they play at Stanford and then they're home against Cal. But then in a couple of weeks, they have to go to UCLA and play a tough game there. And then, of course, uh, there's the Pac 12 title game. So, you know, Oregon. For them, they want, and for the Pac-12, they're hoping that the Ducks can go undefeated and uh, represent the Pac-12 in the college football playoff. But uh, we have seen the Pac-12, like Washington, have uh, not a lot of success in the college football playoffs. Uh, We'll see what Oregon can do, though, the remainder of the season. And then there's Oklahoma. You know, they dropped down to number six because they have not looked good. But yet, they're still undefeated, and they're going to be favored in all of their games 
And if they can just roll through their schedule here, they have, they're have they at Kansas State, and then it's at Texas, uh, which will be a tough game, the Red River shootout. And then you have the rest of their schedule. You know, maybe uh, at Baylor could be tough. At Oklahoma State could be tough. At home against Iowa State, I think they'll handle their business. That before the season was going to be their toughest game, but Iowa State has uh, you know not gotten off to the best start. So Oklahoma is an interesting team. Certainly it has not been the start to the season that uh, fans have come to expect from Oklahoma. They had the big game against Tulane that was supposed to be in New Orleans, but then got moved to Oklahoma because of the hurricane, and they barely survived against Tulane, who came back in that game. They barely beat Nebraska, and they survived and, and escaped with a win against West Virginia uh, at the final seconds. So it has not been a good start to the season for Oklahoma. So all I'm trying to say is that the teams ahead of Cincinnati, there are opportunities for those teams to drop. So if Cincinnati wins against Notre Dame, it will go a long way to having them be in that college football playoff conversation. Uh, I think Kentucky has a real opportunity in front of them as well, because if you look at the standings in the SEC East, right? Uh, Who's the second-placed finisher? Georgia is going to win the SEC East and go to the SEC title game. But who's going to be the second-placed team from the SEC East that gets themselves in a very good bowl game? Is it going to be Florida, who is number 10 in the country right now, and their only loss being the close game to Alabama? or? Is it going to be Kentucky, who is 4-0 to start the year, who faces Georgia on the 16th, but other than that Georgia game, they should be favored in the rest of their games for the remainder of the season. They'll be favored at home against LSU. Won't be by much, but they'll be, if they, I'm talking about if they beat Florida here. And beating Florida is a tough task because they're, they're eight-point underdogs. But if they win, they'll be favored against LSU at home. I mentioned the dogs. They'll be dogs against Georgia. They'll be favored, I think, slightly on the road against Mississippi State. They'll be favored at home against Tennessee, favored against Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Louisville to end the year. So this is a Kentucky team that with a win over, over Florida can have themselves a really great season and be a one-loss SEC East team that finds themselves uh, in the top 25 and playing in a major bowl game. But first things first, go out there and pull off an upset against a Florida Gators team that uh, is feeling really, really good about themselves. Here's the number comparisons. Uh, Florida averaging 36 points per game, only allowing 19.8. Kentucky is averaging 31 points per game. They're only allowing 17.8. Uh, the uh, Florida more potent offense. They're they have scored they um they have 541 yards per game to Kentucky's 440. But on defense, Kentucky is only allowing 260 yards per game, 87 yards per game on the ground. So Kentucky defensively has done a better job this season than Florida. Uh, I think Kentucky is a live underdog here. I think at home. This also has the potential, I don't think that they'd rush the field, but has the potential to be one of the upsets that we're talking about when we recap this college football weekend. So that's another undefeated dog that I like. 
Um, and then there's obviously the Ole Miss Alabama game we talked about ad nauseum, but there's an interesting game coming up in the Big 12 with Baylor and Oklahoma State. Uh, two teams that have gotten off to nice starts, two teams that are playing well defensively. Baylor on offense has uh, been very impressive. Almost 500 yards of offense per game this season, uh, and they have uh, looked pretty good. That was an impressive win against Iowa State last week as a big-time dog. So uh, they get the two-point conversion. Uh, they, they, they get the win, 31-29. Is this a letdown spot for them, though? Possibly going on the road to face off against Mike Gundy and his Oklahoma State squad. I'm Scott Satterberg. You can follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We will continue to look ahead to all the action for this weekend in football and the rest of this Major League Baseball season. Five days left with playoff positioning on the line. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every first, 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 to analyze every.